This is Somcast, and I'm Lindsay Kennedy. This is part two of a two-part episode on the mechanics of fulfillment. What I'm looking at here is how the Psalms can be applied and have been applied to Jesus, or have they been applied prophetically. There's different approaches, there's different ways of getting at this, and I spoke about this previously as doing an equation, how 2 plus 2 equals 4, but so does 3 plus 1, and so does 1 plus 3, and so does 5 minus 1. They all equal 4 but there are different ways of getting there. And that's what we're considering now in this episode is how do we get from the Psalms to Jesus or these other prophetic ways that the Psalms are being used in the New Testament. In the previous episode, we discussed two approaches. We discussed the historical fulfillment approach, which really finds no inherent prophetic nature to the Psalms. So the Psalms in no way are prophetic. They're being misread when they're applied to Jesus or New Testament truths. They're being misread if they're, if they're done in such a way. But they might be divinely authorized in misreading the Psalms when it comes to the apostles, for example, which is quite an interesting take, I think. Another approach is the allegorical approach, and we've discussed this again in the previous episode. This approach is almost the polar opposite of the historical fulfillment approach. This approach would say, we really don't care about the historical context. We see Jesus here. And they don't necessarily do their sum correctly, but they get the answer right, perhaps. So the first viewpoint might say 4 plus 1 equals 5, and we're saying, well, no, actually, the answer is 4, so this is wrong. you know. And that's what they'd say, is it just doesn't add up, it doesn't point to Jesus. But in this approach, the allegorical approach, it might say 4 plus 1 equals 4. And the answer is right, but the way you get there, I just don't think is correct. So I don't think that the allegorical approach is the right way to go nor do I think the historical approach is the right way to go. And so what do we have left? Well, there's a few other ways of looking at the Psalms and how they're fulfilled in the New Testament. We're looking at each one of these through the lens of Psalm 22 and how we can understand this Psalm of suffering. How do we understand it as being applied to Jesus in the different approaches? The historical approach says this Psalm is not speaking of the Messiah at all. The allegorical approach says this psalm is speaking of the Messiah, but it does so, like I said, in a way where it gets the equation wrong, even if it gets the answer right. Now, let's look at the remaining approaches. And the first one I'm going to be looking at is what's called the typical or the typological fulfillment. I don't mean typical in the sense that this is a common approach, although it is a common approach, but I mean it in the terms of being a type. This approach really is an attempt to have one's cake and eat it too. It, it's really a merging of the historical approach and a Christological approach, an approach that finds its fulfillment in the Messiah. In the case of Psalm 22, let's just use this as an example. David speaks of his own suffering in poetic language. So this would be a historical fulfillment. But David was the Messiah. He was the anointed that's what Messiah means. He was the anointed king of Israel. In such a way, he foreshadows Jesus, the greater anointed king of Israel, the son of David. So David was like a type, and Jesus was the antitype. He was for fulfillment. So the suffering of David recorded in Psalm 22 was very real suffering. That was his suffering. That was his psalm about himself. 
but his suffering foreshadows Jesus' own suffering in a greater way. So in a greater way, though maybe not every detail of the psalm fits, but in a greater way, the psalm speaks of Jesus and his suffering. Now, I think we can all agree that this approach makes far better sense. It honors both the original context and the New Testament interpretation of that context. It's not wrong when Psalm 22 is being applied to Jesus. According to the typological approach, it makes sense. It's also indisputable that typology is very prominent in the Bible. Think of the Exodus story. That account of the Exodus is found throughout the whole Bible as a type. It's constantly being repeated, even in the idea of baptism, going through the water and coming out as a new creation. These sorts of ideas are, are like typology. So it's definitely prominent in the Bible. Of course, the question is, is this the right approach all the time? The other approach that I want to look at as well is called the direct fulfillment approach. This is the final approach, and it takes two forms. This is a very traditional approach as well to the Psalms. And this approach says, actually, many of the Psalms referred to the Messiah in their original context. So this viewpoint agrees with the historical viewpoint that the context in which the Psalm was written is very important, but they disagree with the historical viewpoint because they say, but the Psalm was about the Messiah originally. So it disagrees with the historical viewpoint in saying it's about somebody else, but it also disagrees with the typological approach because it says there are no two fulfillments. It's not like this psalm's about David and the Messiah in a greater way. No, this psalm was always speaking of the Messiah. It was intended to be about the Messiah, and it's only about the Messiah. Like I said, there are two flavors, at least, to this approach. So let's look at them both. The first one we'll call the direct prediction approach. This flavor holds that the author consciously predicted the Messiah. Okay, so one example, of course, this might be debated by my listeners, but one example would be Isaiah chapter 7's prediction of the virgin birth of the Messiah. Right, in that context, it seems quite clear to me that he is predicting something. He's predicting the virgin birth of the Messiah, and I think that Matthew takes it that way as well. Applying this approach to Psalm 22, then, this viewpoint would say that David predicted the suffering of the Messiah in that psalm. That's what he was doing by recording that psalm. This leads me to the second type of direct fulfillment approach, though. When we look at Psalm 22, if you were to actually just read it, and many of the other psalms that are used of Jesus, I think that they raise a, a good question. In what way could we see this psalm as predictive? What is actually being predicted? The psalm is not predicting something as much as it's speaking. It's speaking in the first person. It's not saying there will come so-and-so. It's saying, I am suffering. Why am I suffering, Lord? Why is my clothing being taken from me? And why are lots being cast over it? This is not descriptive or predictive. This is, this is actually conversational. And it's, so in other words, it's not technically predicting anything. So in what way is this psalm speaking of the Messiah directly if it's not doing so through prediction? Well, this brings us to this approach, which, for lack of a better name, is the prosopological approach. This approach resonates with many of the early fathers who didn't take so much of an allegorical approach, but many of them recognized that the very words of Jesus were captured in the Psalms. The very words of Messiah were captured in the Psalms. 
we will be looking at this in a future episode. In the case of Psalm 22, then, this psalm is not predicting him, but it is speaking directly his very words. It's the very words of Christ. So in this way, it is about Jesus directly and exclusively. It's his words in this psalm. I realize this is a lot to take in, and this is one of those technical episodes. It's probably worth listening to it again. But to sum it up, all of these approaches are simply trying to answer the question, just how did the fulfillment of these psalms really work? The historical approach says that the psalms were misapplied by the apostles. They weren't really about the Messiah. The allegorical approach finds Christ in the psalms, but through paying little attention to the historical or literary context. The typological approach finds both a historical fulfillment and in that fulfillment, it foreshadows a greater fulfillment in Christ. So this is kind of a both and approach. Finally, the direct fulfillment approach believes that the Psalm's original context indeed speaks of the Messiah. And there might be two different ways or maybe more of doing this. It speaks either through direct prediction or it speaks through the actual divine conversation of the Messiah. So in conclusion, what do we do with this information? Well, I would encourage us to go read the Psalms and then read the New Testament quotations of the Psalms to see how the apostles read them. Which approach did the apostles use? Well, I think that all of these approaches in this episode are valid and possible. I think that we would find each one of them being used at least once. But the question is, of course, then, which is the most likely in any given context? And that's a little bit more tricky. So I'd encourage all of us now to just dig in deeper, try and understand the Psalms, try and understand the, the approach of the prophets and the approach of the apostles. Because as students of the word, we cannot simply rest on our own ideas. We need to do better and dig deeper. And that's where the gold is found. Given all the things that you could be doing right now, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider posting a review by going to psalmcast.info or sharing this episode with a friend. The show notes can also be found on the website, which is psalmcast.info. Podcasting is a big endeavor, but it's also a great opportunity. So please check out my Patreon page and consider becoming a patron. There are exciting rewards that can be found nowhere else. My page can be found also through psalmcast.info. All music is by Teen Days. You can check him out on Bandcamp or anywhere good music can be found. If you're still listening, then I'm impressed. You should look up my other podcast called Beyond Reading the Bible. And hey, don't forget to check out my Patreon page at psalmcast.info.